Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And joining us right now for the second visit on the Lisa Wexler Show, this time to take a victory lap, is Bill Gerber, who was the presumptive new first selectman of Fairfield in a recount yesterday. His margin of victory still holding at 37 votes. Um, uh, Bill Gerber, welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello. Congratulations Hello, to you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Bill, Bill, question for you. Has Brenda Kupchik formally conceded? Have you gotten a phone call? Yes, Brenda called me last night and had a very nice conversation. I thanked her for her many years of service. And, um, you know, we're going to be working together on a transition. So uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it was very gracious. And when do you take office? So right now it looks like the swearing-in will be on the 27th of this month. Okay, very quickly. Wow. All right, then. Yep. And so, all right, let's let's launch. I've got so many things to talk with you about, Bill. I'm so glad you came on today. First, I've, the first, actually, I want to continue a conversation. I don't know if you had a chance to hear, but we had Lisa Hayes on just before. She's a, a person who went to the march. Many people from Fairfield, the surrounding areas, Christians and Jews, went to this march. And the conversations around anti-Semitism and the explosion in the number of incidents of anti-Semitism have been in Connecticut as well as elsewhere. I would like to ask you, Bill Gerber, number one, is there a role for a first selectman in that kind of conversation? And if two, if there is a role, how will you lead? I think there's definitely a role. And, you know, the, the major role is, is leadership. It's just that. It's just getting out in front of people, talking about who they are, like making sure that they're proud of who they are. I'm, you know, I, I am Jewish. I, I've been talking to Jewish people and, uh, and, and I had a great conversation when I first decided to run, um, many months ago, I went and talked to one of the rabbis here in town and he was talking about anti-Semitism, and I said, well, what, what can the town do about it? And, um, and he said, you know, or what, what, can, what, what can people do about it? And he said, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that people can do is be joyous, be joyful about being Jewish. Don't try to hide it. Just say who you are. Act like, you know, you're, 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 it's a beautiful thing and be 
happy about it and let other people know that you're not hiding it and, and, and it's a great thing to be Jewish. But I have to also say I'm hearing the exact same types of issues with my Muslim friends in town. And when I decided to run, I was invited to um, several um, several dinners at the uh, Bridgeport Islamic Community Center, and, um, and they were they were trying to, the community there was trying to get Eid al-Fitr um, al as a um, school holiday. They just did a wonderful job bringing people in, uh, very inclusive, including uh, Jewish people. They were meeting with Jewish people, uh, uh, Jewish leaders. And um, and I uh, am hearing the same concerns from them, that there's mm -hmm. a rise in um, in um, anti-Muslim, you know, anti-Muslim uh, attacks and and graffiti and and people saying things to their kids at school. So, as a leader of the town, you just got to get in front of this and have the conversations in public, and and uh, make sure that that we take it very very seriously. Make sure that teachers and administrators take it seriously, and the kids, you know, who say things are talked to, and and that has to be worked through. They need to know they can't do that. If there's graffiti or anything like that in town, we can't hide it. We can't cover it up. We've got to talk about it. Mm, okay. So, all right. It reminds me of those signs, you know, no place for hate, right? Reminds exactly. me of that. Yeah. So we're chatting with Bill Gerber. By the way, 203-333-9422. If you've got a question or a comment for Bill Gerber, you can pick up the phone and be part of this conversation. Bill, uh, one of the issues that really dogged the campaign, and it was a close campaign, had to do with the UI monopoles and to some extent, there was some blame put, I think, on Brenda Kupchik for not being early enough to the to awakening the town as far as the uh, danger to the vistas, the unsightliness, the displacement, the threat to the historic parts of Fairfield, Southport. And I think that became a real campaign issue. Um, now that you're elected, what are you going to do? Well, the first thing is I'm, I'm going to be meeting with um, the residents that actually form the 501c3 and have been footing much of the, the, the legal bills, much of the effort to fight this. Um, so there's still time, uh, and they have done work, um, and there, but there is still time to make the case that the, these lines should be undergrounded. And um, I think we're just going to have to fight that really hard. I, I would say... You know, it it would be a mistake for people in Fairfield to think this is about, you know, uh, all about vistas. Um, it is also about taking of land. And so um, people, uh, businesses and homes are going to have uh, permanent easements through their properties, sometimes like through their through their homes. And United Illuminating can actually take their homes. Um, so it's. Uh, it, it is a really, really tricky situation. Obviously, we need um, we need upgraded elect you know electric lines. There's going to be a lot of need uh, for for greater and greater electricity through those lines as we um, move more towards electric vehicles. But what United Illuminating is doing is probably not well thought through because it is going to hurt all of Fairfield and uh, not just, you know, this is not something about wealthy people wanting to preserve their views, although that is part of it. And that is for Fairfield. That's throughout all of Fairfield. But it's also about 
um, devaluing properties and devaluing businesses as well uh, through through all, all along the, the the train line. I wonder, so, Bill. I wonder, Bill Gerber, if there isn't an argument to be made, and of course you would need some basis for this argument that if the lines go underground, that there's more reliability in the um, in the long term planning as a capital investment in our you know in our upgrade for electricity. Because, uh, you know, I, I think if you could do that, and maybe that's a pitch that Pura cares about, maybe that helps the town of Fairfield. Well, I think there's a couple pitches, and that's certainly one of them. And that pitch um, is being made, uh, and it is, from what I understand, true. It is very accurate to say that, that, that undergrounded lines are more resilient. So the downtime, you know, after storage, the probability of, of, you know, lines going down for extended periods is lower. But um, and um, probably there's a, I would imagine the the the, um, the life of those lines would be longer. And um, but there there are there are many other arguments as well. And one of them is that I we don't believe from what we can see that 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 um, United Illuminating has done a anywhere close to a reasonable calculation of what what the cost would be to underground the lines. So that there are other options other than putting up these poles that have not been um, explored in a way that, that, that appears credible. Um, and so one, one of them, you know, one of the options is clearly undergrounding them. They came up with, a, with an estimate of something like a billion dollars to do that. And, you know, I don't think there's a I, – I think they'd be hard-pressed to prove those numbers out. And, and it shows just the – I mean, it's creating a, a huge lack of faith in the ability of, of United Illuminating to actually – do these calculations. And if they actually were to, you know, spend a, a billion dollars on seven miles, you know, of undergrounding, it really does, it really does bring um, for the question of whether or not they're a capable organization, because other, uh, other, other companies can do this for, you know, a fraction of that cost. So, and, and have done it through very complicated, you know, towns that, that require, you know, a lot of planning and going around properties and things like that. So I, I can't, I can't find a single instance of undergrounding costing anywhere near that amount. So it's really destroyed some of the the faith in their abilities, and I think they really need to to, to prove that out. Yeah, and you know what else I'm thinking? We're chatting with Bill Gerber, who is the new first selectman of Fairfield, who'll be sworn in very quickly. Two zero three 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 nine four two two. I was also thinking, Bill. Uh, that um, and I know you've got a lot of you know big corporate experience in your background. You're you're a big thinker, but I was also thinking that you know here's UI. You know one of these issues with all of our utilities is their monopolistic status, and uh, why doesn't you know the town of Fairfield, as an intervener, get a competing bid? You know, yeah, <laughs> in other words, yeah. now I'm serious. Like you know no, maybe I... maybe somebody else would want to do this upgrade and could price it out underground. And then UI is a little bit on the defensive as to why they should get the contract to do it. I, you know, these are things um, I, I'm going to be exploring with, with people. I don't know what our options are, but I do feel like it, this is not showing UI in, in a good light and that there, it is causing people who probably never thought about this before to wonder why we have UI at all. So you know, I, I do uh, I do think it's a very interesting question. If they're not working for the people, if they're working for themselves, should they have this license at all? So, yeah. 
And we have Marissa Gillette on our show once a month, so I'll ask her about that. She's yep. terrific. She comes yep. on and she answers all the questions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Questions. We're chatting with Bill Gerber 2033339422. Okay, so Bill, your first 100 days Tell me what you want to do. What, what are you going to, you know, come out with? What have you promised the people? What are, what are the first things you're going to get in order in Fairfield Town Hall? What are you going to do? So I think over the coming week, a couple of weeks, um, there are a couple things that are really, you know, kind of hot and heavy on the table that we need to figure out. One of them is United Illuminating. And um, the other is Penfield Pavilion. Uh, Penfield Pavilion... You know the the history there. Um, it it uh, there's contaminated fill underneath that needs to be removed. But there was a plan put forward um, that I did not vote for. Um, I abstained on it because I thought there wasn't enough information. I made that really clear during the RTM meeting. This is as an RTM member, mm-hmm. and it turns out that a few weeks ago, um, my my concerns became um, sort of 100% <laughs> valid in that the engineers that were hired after the original assessment came in and said it's too risky to do the work that that uh, we were that, that that actually was presented to the RTM, which was to sort of build a new foundation three feet. What lower makes it too risky? Risky that for it was what? Too risky. There was a chance of snapping the foundation. Any sort of storm would come up. Uh, it could snap the foundation in the middle of construction. It, uh, on top of the pilings, these wood wood pilings that are underneath. So, um, unbeknownst to most of us, it, the, the, it was redesigned um, with using a different structure called hel- helical piles um, that are going to sit on top of these wooden pilings, and no one knows how much it's going to cost. So the costs have not come in. Now, FEMA, you know, has some tricky rules. There's this 50-50 rule. So um, if the cost of doing this exceeds 50% of the value of the property, we're going to have to bring the, the property up, uh, the building up to current code, which means sort of millions more in cost. It would have to be raised another foot. Uh, we'd probably have to replace the windows for current wind shear, um, you know, standards. So, um, you know, we don't know if this is actually yet really a viable project. And, mm-hmm. uh, and what are the, your choices? The, if it's not a viable project, Bill Gerber, then what happens to Penfield Pavilion? Isn't it still sitting on a lot of contaminated dirt? Yes, it is. So, so what do you um, do? And, and there was a question as to whether, you know, you could move the, after Hurricane Sandy, the um, building um, was knocked off its, of its pilings and had to be moved to the um, parking lot while they remediated the foundation. And we were at, you know, we asked, what, can we move the the um, 
building to the parking lot and and remediate you know the fill the contaminated fill and build the new foundation we were told by the engineers no the foundation really wasn't struck after all the damage after sandy um, it was compromised to the extent that it would be a big mistake to try to move it again so the structure is weakened um, from what I understand the roof is leaking and they can't find the source of it. And and a, an assessment was done by the town that it would actually be cheaper to knock it down and build a brand new building mm-hmm. up to current yeah. code. Yeah. And it would be cheaper than what, what we're currently attempting to do. And mm-hmm. so the question was, well, why aren't we doing that? And the answer we got was, yeah, every time we do something like this, the community wants to weigh in with opinions. What the, you know, why are we building the building so high? You're, you know, ruining my views. Can you? Well, do you have, you different? do, you have to be. I mean, you may want to make it a different kind of a structure. It's true, right? You know? And I, I think true. the administration yeah. didn't want to deal with that. So that, that's one question: is you know, should we, should we replace the building if it's going to be cheaper and we'll have, you know, maybe we'll get 50 years out of it instead of 25, so mm-hmm. much cheaper on an annual, you know. Sort of on a depreciation sort of um, cost basis, and so that's one question. The other question that we all have is, what's going to happen when the beach is lowered by three feet in order to accommodate the building? That that that's what FEMA is requiring us to do is to. Take they want you to lower the beach. I don't understand. They do. Yeah. So we had how two. Do you lower um, a beach? We had two dunes, mean, one to the left, one to the right. There, I think they're about eleven feet. So what the last administration did without proper authorization, and turned out not to be something FEMA could accept was they filled in between those two dunes, built the beach up to 11 feet, then built the, then built the building on top. Um, and FEMA is saying, no, there's something that we require you to have a, uh, have the, have the beach stay at the natural grade, which is eight feet. So this is where all the problems on the foundation started. If you bring that, they wanted us to just remove three feet of beach between, uh, under the building. And uh, when you do that, you're going to expose the current foundation, which is very dangerous. You know, the uh, storm surges will come up, lap up against, you know, push against the foundation. But doesn't it sound like from what you're telling me, I don't want to get too much more in the weeds, Bill Gerber, but doesn't it sound like FEMA's created, like FEMA's boxed Fairfield into solutions that really don't work? They're telling you to remove the the beach, but on the other hand, they're not going to let you build anything with an unsafe foundation. It seems like quite literally they've been put you between a rock and a sandy place. <laughs> I could not have said it better myself. It is it, it the whole thing seems crazy to most of us um, that they would want us to bring the beach down by three feet. Um, we don't know what that what the implications of that will be. It's going to increase flooding. I mean, you know, it, you, right. all you have to do is look at historic. You know, and I'm sorry, I, I love going in the weeds, so pull me back if I, you know, if I'm going too far in the weeds. But you look at historic um, storms, you know, uh, five-year, 10-year, 15-year, you know, an eight-foot beach means that you're going to regularly have um, storm surge topping that that an eight-foot beach and going into the neighborhood. And, you know, we should have had a study done on what that meant three years ago, and that was for whatever reason, the administration didn't want to do that. And still, you know, it's it's in the planning stages, but it's not completed. But if it turns out, you know, that that's going to create havoc, you know, flooding havoc, or much more flooding in that area, um, then then we're going to have to look at engineered solutions to offset that. And what if those engineered solutions cost $10 million, $20 million? Then we get to a place where 
this whole thing is just ridiculous, and we should find <laughs> another place for that pavilion. It shouldn't right. be there. Right. I hear you. So, wow. Yeah. And what about – and just one other question before we, we, before we put this one to bed. But if they remove the beach underneath the Penfield Pavilion and they bring it down, does that have an impact the way sand and water collect on other homes that are on the beach around there? So that's part of the study. Uh, the study, um, there's money set aside for the study. There's been discussion about the study. Um, you know, coastal engineering, a coastal engineering firm has been engaged, and um, they just, I, I don't know if they've actually started it yet. So we're going to, that, that's part of what we need to know. And if it turns out that, you know, um, that it looks like it's going to damage the neighborhood, we have to rethink all of this, mm-hmm. in my opinion. We're chatting with Bill Gerber. Bill, what part of Fairfield do you live in? So I, I live uh, oh, far, as far away from the, <laughs> the beach. As, <laughs> I live up North Benson, um, um, uh, past Fairfield University. Um, do you know where? Um, Near Stilson? Around Stilson yeah, Road? Before yeah. the Stilson turnoff. So Got it. Yeah. if you ever drive up North Benson and you see a sure. little island there um, where Stilson turns off, there's a little bench there that is in uh, that bench is in my son. Teddy's memory. So if you ever take a seat mm. there, think of my son. And uh, yes. that's, that's what people tell me they do all the time. And it feels oh, good. To be honest. That's so nice, Bill Gerber. You have such a nice biography. Um, you've done you and your wife both. Your wife has been on what the Board of Ed for many years. Is that right? Yes. 12 yeah. years on the Board of Ed. Yeah. Uh, most of that is secretary. She stepped down as secretary because I was going to run. Um, and uh, She's been she's treated it like a full time job. And, uh, you know, I think um, a lot of people really appreciate she's updated um, people, answered every email for the most part uh, for years. And uh, she's done a great job. Well, uh, congratulations to you. We'll have you back on the show frequently. I want to I want to give a shout out. We've got a close family friend who was hired in the last administration as one of your engineers. His name is Eli Gazal. Yeah. When you, yeah. When you, you know Eli? And when you're roaming I've around town. I've, I've talked to him at, at meetings, but I'm he's looking forward sweetheart. to uh, meeting oh, him in He's person. such a wonderful young man. Uh, UConn a, grad, right? Um, I, have, I don't remember where he grad. Yeah, Maybe yeah. UConn. Maybe. But I, think, I think so. He's yeah. a... He's, um, my husband is a bit of a mentor to him throughout the years. And anyway, he and his family, we went to his wedding, close wow. family friend, love him to pieces. So you know, <laughs> just shout out to Eli as long as I'm right, chatting on right. the phone with you. And uh, we'll have you back on a lot. And congratulations to you. Of course, we keep close tabs on what happens in Fairfield. And uh, we care about the town very, very much. So anytime you've got something important to say, we've got a line of communication. We've have each, we have each other's cell phones. Feel free to say, hey, Lisa, um, I think I've got something important I want to share with people, and we'll try and get you on. Okay? That's, that's awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on, and I, I love being on your show. It's a pleasure, really. Bill Gerber, congratulations to you. The swearing-in, November 27th. Can you leave people with a way to reach you directly? Do you have an email or a telephone number or something where if people want to reach you, or should they wait until after the swearing-in when you get your official email address? How do you want people to, to be able to contact yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, people can um, reach me at 203-635-2580. Um, and, you know, I will have a new email address soon, um, and I probably will have a new phone number soon, but that, that number should work for now. 
congratulations to you. Uh, best of luck to you and your family. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bill Gerber Thanks. on the Lisa Take Wexler care. Show. We'll be Stop. right back. 203-333-9422. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.